Yeah, yeah, it's your boy Philmatic365 from the Tissue and the Tape podcast. And last week, me and Vi had a chance to break bread with the homie C. Diddy from the realest podcast ever. My favorite shit right now, because they're the best in the world at what they do. So sit back, relax, and please, respect Heat Holders. Shit just got real. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Like we always do about this time. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Philmatic, Davis Backless, Gandhi, Hip Hop 365. You know the time is the tissue and the tape. Adjust my tally and twine and design the great metaphors that are rape like cosplay. Don't need conventions to display my conviction upon date. MCs are rhythm and bit in peace like Gandhi. Four seat at the table getting milk, Solange ate. No hunger strikes or dicks in tight spaces. Jessic lyrics to elevate and physically separates us. You can debate us, but get your weight up. We'll wait and meditate since we are great with patience. What's the diagnosis? We are great with patience. And pop is contagious worldwide, but you're racist. This back with Davis, Phil, there's no basis Cause tissue in the tape makes America the greatest From beatboxing on slave ships Till we six feet in a box in a grave dip We raise this culture, culture. Born to debone these vultures Picking the brains of the youth mumbling that insults us I post up with the rap radar That gets me vexed when he uplifts trash Like Charles S, that's complex Wait, I can read between the lines It's not hate to suggest they don't need to rhyme We just take it back Or rather choose to rewind When heat holders in the back of the twines It's defensive the bond Diggy, Jax Beasley, Native Son, it's the faculty first. Uh. I'm recording live from somewhere, this tissue in the tape podcast. Davis backwards. And who state your name? <laughs> Philmatic three sixty five, aka uh, summer's here, man. What's what's up? I'm 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 hot in these streets, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a good look, man. As always, uh, we always say that you know, uh, any year that goes by, you may not remember the springtime, you may not remember the the, the fall, but you always gonna remember the summer, right? Yeah, man. Uh, summer ninety six, yo, the uh, time of my life. But yeah. um, yo, man, tonight. You know, you know, you know. We 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 find the uh, talking to uh, the the realest people in the in the uh, in the game, and tonight we we got the realest. For real, yeah. Uh, Vod, when I when I when I when I, I I called you and I told you I was like, yo, it's these dudes, man. Uh, yo, they they found they found it. They found it. Yeah. Like it's to when it come to podcast, they found it. And uh, when I tell you, uh, for my money, I don't give a shit about how many listeners you got or how much promotion you got behind you or how many machines you got behind you. It's all about the quality. And these two dudes, for my money, hands down, they got the best podcast in the business. For sure. Uh, hey, that's, that's, that's crazy to hear. Hey. Yo. <laughs> so, uh, see, I... Uh, because I, I, I don't I don't care nothing about you know who who you know who you got uh for your promotion and all that it, that none of that matter it's about the quality it's about the chemistry it's about 
you know, just bringing the audience in organically. And these brothers, uh, from the realest podcast ever, they they really did it. And tonight we got we we couldn't get both of them, but we got we got one half of the realest podcast ever. Uh, from the best city in the whole wide world, we gonna get right into it. Uh, get right with the shits. We got my main man, uh, CHS alumni, just like your boy, oh, Steve man. Diddy. Two, two six zero, oh, baby. Yeah, you already know one. two five six, man. I'm about to, <laughs> I'm about to throw up numbers like I'm in a set. <laughs> Steve, what is up, my man? Oh man, I'm doing good, man. I appreciate y'all brothers having me on here tonight, man. I was, uh, we was just talking off air for a second. I said, you know, I had to uh, re-download the Hangouts app and make sure I got on here, you know, with my guys, man, so we can, uh, you know, get this done. It's been a long time coming. Y'all constantly supporting the show, reposting it, um, you know, bouncing topics off of off of me and Matt and stuff like that. And, you know, I just uh, just genuinely appreciate it, man. We new to this podcast game. We only been at it for uh, not even a well, – it's just being a year and a half, man. We started January of uh, 2017, and, you know, we got a lot of – support and a lot of traction out of the gate man and there's people like y'all that help push us forward and i just you know appreciate y'all sharing your platform with me tonight no doubt man uh we we appreciate what you do like like i said in the open man like like i'm telling you like it's it's a thing like i don't i don't know like few people have it i mean like like Jesus and Merrill got they they got their chemistry. Uh, our our homies, our big homies, uh, the War Room, they got their their chemistry. But y'all y'all just like y'all y'all just work perfectly together. Um, um, who I'm talking about? Of course, uh, Matt makes me sick, and yourself. Uh, kind of kind of give our audience uh, a little background on how you guys linked up to start uh, the Realist Podcast. Well, me and Matt, um, you know, we both from Southwest Philly. Um, you know, I'm a little bit older than Matt. I'm 35. He's 32. Um, but, you know, we have a lot of shared experience and a lot of, um, you know, dissimilar qualities in the way that we think. And that, you know, kind of drew us together in terms of, uh, you know, being friends on social media and, and things like that. And then, you know, for with him being from Penrose, part of Southwest, and then where I was from, we had a lot of mutual friends. So, you know, it just kind of like it was almost like when I met the guy, it was I felt like I knew him already. And you know, we just developed just a chemistry, just as friends, and just in our conversation, in the way that you know we would have you know personal conversations, stuff related to media, the same type of stuff that we would share on social media. And it just got to a point where you know, through some of our group chats and stuff, we had different group chats with various people. Like it's one with me, him. Our good friend Pastor Carl and, and my man Love, and it's like four guys from you know, same experience, different walks of life, and you know we just have some amazing conversation. And then it's another one with me, Matt, and Ra, who's a constant uh, you know supporter of the show, and he appears on our show on a regular basis. And you know it's just through all of these conversations, I'm just like, this is a podcast, like, like this is media that we're having like these same conversations and the way that we're having them together we need to share these conversations with the world because people are having these conversations everywhere and i think that our perspective is unique enough that people would care about it and you know a year and a half later you know the podcast is continuing to grow we just did the roost picnic um we're moderating a converse a, a, a conversation coming up with Derek grace for those of you who don't know who Derek Grace is, he's the uh, gentleman who has been going viral on social media with, you know, got the dreadlocks tattoos on his face. And he teaches his kids about black empowerment, um, you know, social responsibility, 
uh, financial responsibility and also how to arm themselves and defend themselves against potential threats and enemies. So we have a, a upcoming event, Word. you know, where we're moderating a conversation with him, Gilly, Wallow, and a few different people. And, you know, basically, like, you know, through our brand, a lot of people have recognized what we're doing and they like, I want to be a part of that. How can I help y'all? Um, you know, I want to advertise. I want to come on the show. I want to put y'all on the roost picnic. Shout out to my friend Tyler Dean who just did that for us. And everything is literally falling into place. Um, and we have a partnership with Kicks USA now to do an offshoot, a sneaker podcast. Oh, yeah. We're going to get so, into that. <laughs> yeah. So in a, in a short amount of time, and every, everything has, like, you know, come together. And I couldn't be happier with, you know, the success that we've gotten so far. And I just think that it's a, an attribute to me and Matt, you know, just being who we are, sharing part of ourselves and giving people with that real conversation stuff that people are afraid to talk about is what's connected us to the audience no doubt the the, the thing that comes across i think that people really relate to um with the, the podcasts that are successful and just media in general is when people are unapologetically themselves it just comes across in a way that that's just infectious and people want more of that because as we all know, that's not something that's very common. And I think that's something that you guys, you know, got that in spades. So it, that's that's what kind of people gravitate to a lot of times. Then, I mean, like the comedic aspect of it, like sometimes like what you're talking about isn't funny, but just the way that you express it is funny, you know, like. It, is, it, it ends know? up being funny, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so um, I mean, the, the number one policy that we got on the show is full transparency, like. I talk about any and everything. I expose the good, the bad, and the ugly about myself because I'm not afraid of who I am. And something that my cousin uh, Al would always say when we was, uh, you know, building, we was like doing uh, music. He was the artist and I was like the executive, whatever. And he would always say, it's no success story without a struggle story attached to it. Yeah. So I live my life. That's one of the ethos that I live my life based off of. It's just like, I own my struggle. I own the fact that for a year and a half, I was like piss poor, dead broke, didn't know how to figure it out. And then eventually I did. And then it's led me on a path to where now I feel like I'm in a position to help other people. And people come to me for business advice and consulting. And I'm a part of, you know, the marketing and promotion for the biggest nightclub brand in Philadelphia and stuff like that. But I don't get here if I don't have with myself in 2013 and say, you're fucking up. You're being too arrogant. You need to humble yourself. You need to change this about yourself or you're not going to win. And that's what turned me on back onto my path to success to where I am now. No doubt, man. And, uh, talk about that, man. You you mentioned uh, being a part of the uh, biggest uh, nightclub in the city, man. Uh, kind of elaborate. Let the people know about that. Um, Marketing and promotion director for uh, Vanity Grand uh, Cabaret. Um, we're basically a sister club to cheerleaders, which is like a, you know, white mainstream strip club here in the, uh, you know, in the southeastern part of PA and in South Jersey. Um, and I've basically been working for uh, Vanity Grand from the inception. Like I was just starting off doing events there. Then I came in and was doing like social media coordination and stuff like that. And then January of this year, I basically took over all the control of all the marketing promotion, everything front of the house, booking talent. When we brought Casanova, when we brought Rallo, when we brought... Um, when we bought uh, Lil Dirk, when we bought Wife and Luke, birthday to our mind or part of my brainchild, and I'm saying, you know, we need to 
catch this artist on the way up or this part, part person is here for a concert. We need to do this concert after party and this, that, and the third. And I'm basically using all of my different social connections and the fact that, you know, I'm an outwardly like expressive person and, you know, and networking with different people. And that's what I literally do for a living now. And it's to the point where, you know, I've grown past since being an event promoter and now I'm helping to craft the nightlife scene in my market where I grew up in. Dope. All right. Now that we got that out the way, let's 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 let's, let's get to this smoke, man. There's <laughs> a lot a lot of things going on this week, man. Uh, we just gonna run down a couple things, but uh, a vibe. Uh, before we do that, we like to we like to do something with everybody that that come on with us. We got a thing we do called tip for tat, and it's just uh rapid fire questions. It's either this or that, and you give us the uh the answer that best uh. That 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 best uh, fits with your uh, sensibilities. You with it? Yeah, I'm with it. Let's do it. All right, hey Vi, you wanna uh, you wanna kick it off? Yeah, I'll start it off. All right, Chad. So, like you said, tip for tat. Uh, we're gonna start off uh, with a bang right now. Uh, DJ Premier P Rock. Oh man, I'm gonna say Prima. Okay. There's there's no right or wrong answer. It's just how you feel at the time. Um, okay. Um, Cash Money Records of Rough Riders. Cash Money. I mean, I mean, anybody that listens to your podcast knows how you feel about Wayne. Yeah, so. They would, they would know how, how right. How <laughs> and they know how you feel about Wayne. So, with that, with that being said, nineteen ninety eight DMX or two thousand and four Lil Wayne. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. I, I love Wayne, but I'm gonna have to go with X. X was Ooh. a lightning rod. Upset. Yeah, yeah okay. X, X was X was unlike anything we had ever seen in hip hop to that point. Like it was, it was undeniable. It was a, it was literally like a chasm and a glitch in the matrix compared to how everything had went for the prior six or seven years. So I got to give it to uh to X. No doubt. All right, you got it, Phil. All right, uh, Nas or Jay Z? I must for today. I must say Jay. Okay. But today, tomorrow, I might say Nas. Okay, so so <laughs> so on that line, what's the better song, Ether or Takeover? They're two different records, sent to deliver almost like two different messages. Uh, Jay Z specifically talked like credibility, your career trajectory. I I will not know more. Nas just like broke jay down to the point where it's like he had to look in the mirror and say damn do i hate women i am kind of ugly this is like fucked up (laughs) (laughs) for that reason i gotta go with ethan which is the greatest disc record of all time okay 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 all right um ruthless or death row oh poc is my number one most underrated mc of all time and Ice Cube is a stalwart in my top five. I will not move Ice Cube out of my top five. So I'm going to go with Ruthless. Okay. Um, Beans or Meek? Beans. All right. And Jordans or Yeezys? <sighs> Do the right thing, Chad. Being a prisoner in a moment, I would say Yeezys, but I'm smart enough to know that the Jordan brand and legacy is too much to overcome. 
and and he just had the top sneaker of 2017. So I'm gonna go with Jordan. <laughs> no doubt that off white. That off white was the number one. That shit fucked everything up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bank accounts got fucked up. Oh man, listen. A lot, a lot, a lot of a lot of kids. Uh, <laughs> kids potential savings plans they uh they, everything the the rent <laughs> the mortgages <laughs> all right this is my last one before vi take over very very key you got you got a two-on-two okay magic and Shaq versus kobe and kareem who you taking magic and Shaq versus kobe and kareem I'm gonna Kobe's my absolute favorite player, and Kareem has an unstoppable move, so I'm gonna take them. Smart, smart. I like it. All right, Bob, you gonna wrap this thing up? Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, you know, obviously, you live in the greatest city in the world, but if you were to live somewhere else uh, within the United States, and we told you to choose between Los Angeles and Las Vegas, which one would you choose? I would choose Las Vegas. Okay. Uh, to get a uh, expensive grub, uh, Fogo the Chow or uh, Barclay from? Barclay all day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, better phrase, y'all weird or start the label up? Oh man, uh, it's actually bring the label back. Bring the label back. <laughs> uh, bring the label back. Okay. <laughs> bring the label back brings me to tears every time I hear it, so I'm gonna go with that. Okay. <laughs> just just but so y'all, you know. y'all, just so people know that y'all listeners, y'all weird is a is a stalwart in Philly slang now. Everybody's yeah. You got everybody saying y'all weird. Oh, I yeah. caught my y'all weird T-shirt. Yeah. So it, it, it's like it, it, it's. I mean, I'm hearing it outside the city. So just, yeah. just be, <laughs> no doubt. Don't, yeah. Don't 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 just don't shortchange yourself. Um, Phil, you got the last two. Okay. All right. Oh man. A a a dinosaur with a six figure income. Or a YBOD with a 94 Chevy celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 back on now. You you was cutting I'm in and out. Now. Yeah. Yeah, these these Philly streets, man, and this this sprint service ain't no good, man. <laughs> oh man, you got you got sprint. You might as well have like two gotta, cans, yo. In a yeah, I, gotta, I, gotta boss, I gotta boss my life up. <laughs> All right, uh, we we we, we gonna run it back. All right, so I'm 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 gonna ask you one more time. All right, a dinosaur with a six-figure income or a YBOD with a '94 Chevy Celebrity? Um, I'm a, I'm gonna pick the dinosaur. I'm 35 now. I'm getting old, so you know, chasing them young girls is um is is hazardous at times, and she's gonna need 40 to 60 dollars every two days. So I'm gonna pick the dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Got that right. 40 to 60. <laughs> All right. So in my last one, who's worse? And, and, and it, this this one, you you might have to phone a friend for this one. <laughs> Who who's worse, broke niggas on the bus or broke bitches in the club? Um, broke. Uh, can I write in a vote? You yeah. can definitely write in one. Broke niggas in the club. I've seen niggas scumbag people's bottles that got their backwash in it after they leave the section and walk mm. around with the bottle. So broke niggas in the club are worse than both of them. Wow. Mm, that's a uh, tough one. 
<laughs> well, because because if you broke, like you could have stayed home, like nobody told you to and, come out. And that's the thing, you're purposely in the way. Yeah, nobody yeah. made you come here, mm -hmm. but you just want to come out and be a part of whatever's going on and be in the fucking way. <laughs> like so broke niggas in the club are are trump everybody. Because Yo. Like, with, with, like, if you're a broke nigga trying to get on a bus, like, we all been there. Like, it could be 100 degrees or it could be raining and snowing. And, yo, you might not have it, yo. Like, maybe not now, but at, at some point in life, you're like, man, like, yo, this, I'm only going two blocks. Like, Matt always says, like, I'm only going two blocks. <laughs> Let me just. Hey, big man, I'm only going three blocks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they get a pass somewhere, somewhere. No doubt. Um, so yeah, we did that just so people could just get a, a better idea. Um, obviously, um, our listeners, we want to make sure that, you know, they, they know who we're speaking to. Um, again, we're speaking to Chad, AKA C Diddy, one half of the realest podcast ever, uh, who Phil, uh, just mentioned, you know, how we feel about the podcast. Um, uh, we know your time is valuable. We want to actually just get your, um, perspective on a few things, uh, tonight, uh, before we let you go. Okay, cool. I'm here, man. Whatever y'all need, man. Let's get it. So, um, once again, uh, we were talking to Chad about Roots Picnic. Um, obviously, uh, we've seen it grow over the past uh, eight years, nine years, to the point where not only um, is it in the city, of course, of Philadelphia, first weekend in June. Chad, what do people need to do to make sure that uh, the Roots know that you need to be on the one in October? In New York oh, City. Yeah, uh Bruce Picnic is coming up in uh New York City in October. What I need everybody to do, if y'all support me and Matt and the TRPE movement, I need y'all to flood they mentions on the Roots Picnic Twitter page and on the Instagram page and DM them also on Instagram and let them know that the realest podcast ever is your favorite podcast and they need to be on that podcast stage for New York City. Yes, sir. No doubt. Um, one of our favorite things last year when we were talking about exclusive performances and we put everything from live uh, award show performances to radio uh, show freestyles. Uh, one of our favorite things last year was Black Thought and, of course, Amir Thompson, a.k.a. Questlove, giving out the lineup of the, um, the, the fall version of the Roots Picnic with um, Black Thought coming off the dome, of course, with the freestyles. That was incredible, man. Yeah, he freestyled every uh, artist, every artist that was in the uh, the New York uh, Roots picnic. He freestyled the lineup, which was just ill. As as Questlove uh, uh, made the beat on the table. Yeah, that right. was sick. So we we need to hear that this year, yo. Shout to see Diddy, and of course Matt makes me say we need to hear if Thought put that in a bar somehow because you guys are there in October. So no. we, we are rooting for you guys. We definitely will get the word out that people need to let people know that you guys need to be there. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, like Philly was actually like for like the weekend, like, I mean, besides the bad weather and everything, like it was kind of the, the, the center of the Twitter talk. For, yes. for for about forty eight hours, yes. <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Let, let's talk, let's talk about that, man. Um, they just announced the Made in America uh, festival lineup. Um, it looks like somebody that had an interesting uh, weekend in, in Philadelphia is actually returning back for Labor Day weekend. Uh, yeah, I, have, I, mean, I have a I have a bold prediction. I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> or yeah, if he man. does, if he does, he'll be moving way different than he did last time. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, I think so. he, he coming back as a barista this time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because on the video it appeared he was making uh triple mocha lattes. Now, now you now now you're 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 in the you're in the clubs. You hear a lot of music. You you know you hear uh plug walk. You hear uh new freezer. Absolutely. You hear this guy's records. You see how the crowd reacts to them. Is does he really think that he's a bigger star than Uzi? I think with Rich is that he, uh, you know, he's been in the background for so long. Yeah. Being the fourth Migo, being signed <laughs> to QC, people getting fast-tracked ahead of him, Migos, Yachty, Man. all these different people getting fast-tracked ahead of him to where he basically had to kind of take like a back door into the industry to get popping to where it's like, all right, now you got a gold album. You got two platinum singles. Uh, uh, you know, you getting all this media coverage. You run the festival circuit. So to now, because Uzi's kind of laying dormant and he hasn't really dropped anything since the end of last year, it's kind of like, man, I'm bigger than him, blah, blah, blah. But let's, let us not forget Uzi's last project went platinum and his last big single was is at 9 million right now. So <laughs> the, pre the presence of running, the, running around now will have somebody feeling like they're bigger than what they are. Right. So I get what Rich is doing, and he's just basically trying to stamp himself and almost like use the beef with Uzi to get over the hump to anybody that's not convinced, but it just took a left turn for him. Yeah, man. U Uzi body Coachella, man. It, there's, there's there's levels to this thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even I just mean, even Even point. with the Roost Picnic itself, like Rich went on at 345, Uzi came on at 830. So right. it was just like... That should tell exactly. you, where you rank, <laughs> where you rank in the pantheon of similar, similarly yoked artists as yourself. Like you're not, you ain't there yet. We got eleven more artists before we get to Uzi. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So that that's the other thing too. Um. Just how the artists move. Like, obviously, South Street infamously has been the. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say the battleground, but definitely has been a place uh, for people local and non-local. Yeah, once a, once upon a time, we talked about Beanie Siegel, once upon a time, he put hands and feet on a certain member of a yeah. Philadelphia rap collective on South Street. For sure. Uh, it was the epicenter of all things uh, volatile. <laughs> <laughs> For for uh for a few years, yo. Yeah. Them late them late nineties, early two thousands. Hands and feet was uh, being thrown about. <laughs> so heads, heads were rolling, literally. <laughs> Obviously, things have changed, um, but nonetheless, like that—that's it was. I don't want to say it was good to say, good to see, but it was like just that energy of like, "Yo, you're in my city, fam." Like, don't get yeah. it twisted. Like, yeah, I just, and I, I, and I know see. people that are you know influential people in the music industry that I talk to every day that you know tried to intervene in that situation because we wanted the book rich. For our after party for the Roost picnic, okay. and it just got to a point where they trying to talk to Rich and they trying to talk to Uzi, and they like, man, this shit ain't gonna work. You know what I'm saying like they just like stuck on X Y Z gotta happen, and then we can move past it. Like Uzi was literally stuck on the fact like I gotta smack this nigga before we <laughs> get even entertain moving on, and he been saying it since March, and he stood yeah. on his word. Yeah, on his yeah. word. He he stood on it, and he was not playing. Yeah. People think because the way the boy dress and the shit that he wear, he is still from North Philadelphia. Still from North Philly, man. Still from Francisville. At the end of the day, man. And yeah. yo, like he's he's like a, a like a kind of no nonsense. Even when he talks to reporters, he talks to media. Like he's we talk about being un, unapologetic. Like he really just is looking like like I am who I am. Like 
Yeah. Yeah. Deal with it. He speaks and and, and presents himself very matter-of-factly. Yeah. He he owns who he is. He got up there dressed like Grace Jones after <laughs> running yeah. Rich the Kid up and down South Street. Like, yeah. so that just goes to show you, like, I'm I don't feel no pressure in terms of what you or anybody else think. And you know, it's actually applaudable, especially you know in the current society that we live in, where individuality and you know is it, it, celebrated. Like, you know, he's more of an individual than most like he hangs out with meek mill and he hangs out with marilyn manson like he is right. who he is so so you're you're saying uh if we were to take bets now you, you could put a hundred bucks on rich the kid not making his set for made in america either not making it or changing like doing the exact opposite to what he did roots picnic week gotcha he <laughs> thought it was for whatever reason he right. thought it was sweet and he found out the hard way that it's not and he also learned a valuable lesson that all rappers need to learn early in their career your security can't save you right you sure can't right especially when you deviate from the plan matt talked about this on the podcast yesterday security has a a b c and sometimes a d plan once you start running up the street like a fucking chicken <laughs> with your head cut off we don't know what to do no more right like, right he, he like he likened it to a scrambling quarterback <laughs> yeah, exactly. You run out of the pocket and yeah. you like it's no telling if Azakim is gonna be open down the field or something. <laughs> yo, yo, <laughs> hey, yo, bye. Yo, they they talked about Azakim on uh I wanna say it was Madden two thousand. Oh, it was the it was the greatest show on Turf Rams. And if you put uh, you know yeah. Azakim in the slot, it was the yeah. cheat code, yo. Yeah, yeah, yo, that that yeah, that that was a that was definitely a glitch in the system that that like in in, in twenty eighteen they would send a patch through and eliminate that, but uh, in uh, two thousand that wasn't such a thing and it was it was easy money man it was it, it got to be to where you that, that had they had to outlaw that man. <laughs> so so who so who could Jay Prince this whole situation? Um, I think that Meek Meek can probably patch it up. Meek and patch it up. Somebody in Meek's camp was the one that I'm a very good friends with and I do business with. Somebody in Meek's camp tried to patch it up and it, it didn't work. But I think Meek himself, his voice is big enough and they, and people respect him enough, especially the younger guys. All the under 30s respect Meek as uh you know, so I think that Meek could probably okay. uh, fix that problem. Speaking of which, he's going to be one of the uh the the headliners for uh Made in America. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, rightfully he so. Deserves it. Rightfully so. It's interesting um, that uh, him and Nicki Minaj. Are I, was, I was just about to say that. I was, I was like, I'm wondering. <laughs> and and uh, she goes on after him. Yeah, absolutely. She she's closing. She's the Sunday. I think she either the Saturday night closer or the Sunday night closer. And Post Malone is the opposite night. So whichever yeah. they whichever order you know the one goes in the other one but are they there both are they there the same night though is my question no two different nights okay i was about to say that because that would be interesting to see i'm, I'm sure they're going to put them on two different nights meek is probably going to be on the same night as post malone yeah um for everybody that that saw the watch the throne tour and you know recognize it as one of the the best displays as far as from a performance standpoint and we saw niggas in paris get run 14 times in detroit yeah. When, they were, when they were in Philly, they did it eight times. You know, when they were in Vegas, they did it. Atlantic times. City, I was at the Atlantic City show. They did it. Uh, they did it eleven or twelve times. So obviously, Dreams and Nightmares intro isn't quite niggas in Paris in terms of just the tempo of it with the beat yeah. and everything by Hit Boy. But 
is there a way for Meek to be able to run it more than once? I just feel like I know it's the climax of his set, but yeah, I just feel the, like the build-up in a of the the build-up of the record and the anticipatory part of it is what sells the record. Right. So it's hard to get all the way to that emotional high and then come back down right. again. Right. That's so that's, that's the, the tough only, part. That's the only problem with it. Like, uh, uh, imagine if somehow I'm a boss, reach the same level as niggas in Paris. That's a record he could perform over and over and over yeah. again. But the, not, unfortunately for him, it's a good and a bad thing. But yeah. the way that that record is structured is not meant to be played multiple times. Yeah, because you almost bro. you almost have to start your set with the first part of it. But you can't do the first part and not do... Right, you can't. Oh, you no, gotta wait go a minute. It. You gotta, right. gotta do that or yeah, like... You have to. People are yeah. waiting on that. Like, yeah. they, it's, yeah. it's a build-up. Like... Um, one of the one of the best things from um, from Jay's uh, performance last year was bringing out Meek and them performing that record together, and you could just see genuinely on Jay's face he was like, "God damn, it's a hot ass record!" Like yeah. that, that yeah. stamp, that stamp right there is just you. You know, you yeah. have a great record when other rappers wish that they had the record. right. You could see it on his face. He was like, yeah. "Man, like." If I would have had one of these, I would ugh, like you know. Yeah. And he had his catalog is what it is already, but right. you know you, you see that all the time. Um, Phil, um, so we got of course Chad from the Realest Podcast ever. We talked about Uzi and Rich. We talked about the fact that uh, you know they they pretty much opened up uh, the the podcast stage that had such luminaries as uh, man our girl uh, Angela oh. Rye. Hey, listen, salute. Hey, you're <laughs> that did, same did. stage with her. I mean, already that that just was just she's a winner. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> just yeah. Is, is amazing in every way. <laughs> um, Roots picnic, of course. Uh, again, uh, yo, you know Ashley. who had it going crazy? Drake champs had the podcast stage. We heard, we heard you say that flooded. Yeah, like they had forty people on stage and like two hundred something <laughs> people watching. S- Sunny D B E T and all, all of yo, this. Like, yo, they came up man, in the bus. My, my man that coordinated the show was telling me he like, yo, drink champs is traveling with forty people. I'm like, how? Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they had a bus. People. Yeah, and, and, like they they showed the the like on on um DJ EFN um Instagram they showed like everybody getting on and off the bus and like and like uh. It, it looked like they had like a like an NFL uh, the, game. But that's like that's like bigger than the Thugged Out Militainment days. Yeah, way bigger. <laughs> way bigger. Yeah, they're, they're doing a they're doing a million, sometimes two million downloads a week. Yeah, like they're competing with fucking Joe Rogan, like, right. and, like yeah. super Adam, like Adam Carolla. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Big shit. Joe Rogan, he has like the biggest podcast, <laughs> hands down, in the world, yeah. the biggest podcast in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so of course, uh, Black Thought, you know, live mixtape, um, right on, right on the heels of streams of, of thought that, that we want to talk to you about. Um, what, what'd you, what'd you think about the project? Have you gotten a chance to really get into it? Obviously it's pretty short and concise, um, as a few projects have been over the past couple weeks. What do you think about the short projects and what do you think about streams of thought volume one? You saying the short projects in general? Well, just in general, but uh, specifically thought, and then we'll get into the other two as well. I, honestly, but. I can't even lie to you. I love Black Thought. He's in my Philly top five, I, my Philly top three. Excuse me. I don't yeah. want to shortchange thought. Um, but I, uh, I have not listened to that project yet. 
I mean, it was a busy weekend for you, so I yeah. mean, it just yeah, came out Friday. You was, was doing a little bit of work. <laughs> came, came, did the Roots picnic, came back. We had Uzi uh, Saturday night at Vanity, came back Sunday, did another podcast. So, like, I'm kind of reeling a little bit. So, I haven't even listened to it yet, and I'm mad that I haven't because Thought is one of my all-time favorite MCs. Um, but I have no idea what's on there. But I'm, I would imagine that is good because it's Black Thought. Um, but and that's and that's another thing too. Like in this in this era that we're in right now, this climate that we're in, it's almost like we have to apologize if we didn't listen to it literally the moment that it hits right. the web, or you know, like that, that's not where we come from. You know, yeah. we come from letting, letting it breathe, letting it breathe, sitting yeah. with it, listening to it several times, kind of consuming it. So we're definitely not condemning you for that at all. Did you did you get a chance to listen to uh, Daytona though? Absolutely, I'm living with Daytona. Like I love okay. Daytona. I think it's an amazing project. I think that uh, two more songs that are equally as good as these seven would make it a classic. I think it's hard to be like a classic album when it's not an album length. It's 21 minutes long, so you know it's hard to say that. But it's yeah. excellent. It's better than everything in the marketplace by far. And because it's so good and so lyrically rich and dense, is why I kind of didn't really on first listen feel pushes second this record to drake because i'm so used to him giving me multi-layered lyrics and things that i gotta think about as opposed to like insults like hurling insults like a 50 cent or whatever yeah so i just kind of felt like he cheated me a little bit in terms of the lyrical density on that record but his album is like near perfect I think no it's doubt. like a like a nine nine point three or something like that. If I had to give it a rating, it's just a little too short. It's like it's over before it gets really started. Really, yeah. It it, it 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 for me it works both ways because like you like I I was I was just running to the grab something from from the uh from the store. And by the time I got to the store and got back home, the joint was over, and I was like, "Oh, I, I got through the whole album." So I mean, you could, you can, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could get multiple listens in, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So you, I found myself listening to it the first day like three or four times, and not even like really, like realizing because because of the brevity of it. When you know you used to at least like an hour for for most releases, but at but the, the clip time, the clips have a uh, have an album in their discography that's thirty nine minutes. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean. <laughs> And um, that was extremely short for the time. Yeah, because I mean, well, Illmatic, you know, that's always my go-to album. That's thirty-nine minutes, you know. So, and yeah. it was it was nine songs in the intro, you know. So, yeah, I mean, there is some precedence for the for the short album. Yeah. But what do you, what do you think about in general of like this this trend this uh this uh this good music trend so to speak of the the seven song, I'm air quoting album. <laughs> well, I think it. I think it it's a better trend than like the cash money 99 through 03 <laughs> where they was giving you 34 songs on every album. Like I'm just like, I'm With like, 12 skits. like, like <laughs> Manny fresh is working overtime. Holy shit. Like, and mm. like, and that's the reason why Manny fresh is one of my top five, four or five producers because he was doing whole albums front to back and they was putting out 11 albums a year. Like how do you maintain that shit and still create a bling bling uh, yeah. uh, a cash money is an army all these classic beats in the midst of all this mass work that you was doing so shout out to manny fresh but um i'm not mad at it i just think like seven is you know i guess it's, it's the number i guess 
and I guess you know once you put it all together, you'll have it. Uh, these five albums, it'll be as uh, half as long as Chris Brown's last album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. It's, it's, it's still short, twenty tracks. Now, like, are the streets checking for Cuddy and Kanye together? Kids, kids see I don't ghosts. Think so. I don't think I don't, so. I don't think so. I, and I hate that. Can I can I go on record as saying I hate Kanye's album? I, it makes me like sad. Yo. It sounds like I'm listening to a Bob Ross painting. Yo, yo, yo! I'm glad you said it because I, I was, I was all prepared to, uh, to, to give more the business. Like, it, that, that shit's sad, man. Because it's, we, it's we know depressing as fuck, gentlemen. Like, it's not a good album to me. Again, but, I, I'm not a authority <laughs> or the music authority on nothing, but to me, it's horrible. I deleted it off my uh, streaming is nine ninety nine a month. The album was free. I deleted it from my streaming. I don't want to. I don't want to accidentally come across it. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was highly disappointed, but it's it's almost what I expected because. Me personally, and and, and, my, and my brother always gets on me for this because I didn't like the last album. I and I and I know you guys did. I thought I I didn't like uh, Pablo. Pablo. I like Pablo a lot. Yeah, I you know see, what I, I, the biggest thing I liked about Pablo was that it was like a living, breathing organism, and it kept getting updated and it kept changing, and like that part of it was cool, and it showed you exactly how music can live in the digital era. And no Kanye made the most of it. He did not rap enough on that album, though, really for it to be like a Kanye album. It's almost like the Dynasty album. Like, he didn't rap enough on that shit. True. Yeah, like, I like the idea of it, and I like that aspect of it. I just didn't. It felt to me like it was uh, a Kanye trying to be Travis Scott. That's what I, that's what I felt like when I well, heard Kanye, it. Kanye's been trying to be Travis Scott since Jesus, if we want to keep it a buck. Exactly. Exactly. He, Jesus is a Travis Scott album with Kanye rapping the shit. Talk to him. It's a shitty Travis Scott album. As well. <laughs> I, I say Pablo is a mix, but because Chance had such a heavy hand in the creation yeah. of it, you could you could hear Chance, you could hear Sci High, you could hear uh, Pusha T, and you definitely could hear Travis Scott all throughout Pablo. Um, but I mean, he's he's fashioned himself as this you know collaborator that's not afraid to to bounce ideas and also take ideas use ideas and I, and I think that's one of his greatest strengths but yeah, Kanye's, I mean Kanye has been very honest about that and I appreciate it because you know major, I think 90% of the industry is getting help from some source somewhere I know all ty- it's all types of little dirty niggas that write big beautiful records and sell them to music industry types Nellies and Wiz Khalifas and all types of shit so I'm fully aware of the way that music is put together like Atlantic literally right now is just giving motherfuckers hit records like Mm -hmm. oh we signed you to some bullshit 360 deal you're gonna get hot because you're gonna go on the road and perform these records and get our motherfucking money and sell these Mm t-shirts so I'm aware of the way that you know music is being created so I appreciate the honesty of Kanye but in certain moments he's just flat out Stealing people's sounds and masking it as, oh, well, he helped me. Well, yeah, you probably was working on whatever, and then that the song y'all was working on turned into your song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what happened with uh, Father Stretch My Hands, I think, for sure. Um, you know, obviously, Drake has been vocal about that. Yeah, vocal <laughs> about, Yo, um, that, that line was crazy. Yeah. Um, 
Phil, what 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 do you think? And we'll, we'll ask Chad about this too. But what do you think overall about us not getting you know kind of a, a more uh, satisfying conclusion to the Drake and Pusher conflict? I mean, I'm I'm good with it because my my thought is after you mentioned people that's not involved with it, you know, you know, Drake crossed that line whether whether it was uh, an innocent line or just a play on words. Once he brought uh, his fiance into it, then it's it's fair game for everybody else. But yep. after after the after the pusher response, the only in my in my eyes, the only next evolution is you know. We gotta, we gotta go to the closet and, and get the other gun. <laughs> I mean, so you know, that that's the only logical next step in in that process. So the fact that they're they're like kind of cooling it out, you know, I mean, it is it's it's somewhat unfulfilling as far as rap goes. But I look at the bigger picture. We live through Big and Pop. We live through you know a lot of other rap beefs that could have went way left if you know left unchecked you know so I, I i couldn't see this one getting getting resolved on on wax so you know mm. it's better that they probably just chill i mean yeah i feel you on that your thoughts mine i mean i like i said unfulfilling um not very satisfying from the standpoint of um being able to get a conclusion from a um competition standpoint from a competitive aspect uh you know it started out sparring and then it, you know it's like one of those slap fights you know um <laughs> where you know somebody smacked you too hard or you like oh come on like now, now we actually got a rumble but um you know I, I just just i'm just not satisfied with it these guys have, have, have hated each other for for over you know going on like yeah, seven, eight years, seven, right? Eight, seven, eight years. Wayne, you know, uh, a decade plus uh, as far as uh, his his um, this disdain with Pusher, and it's like for them finally to have the guts, for them to have the moment in time to to go against each other, and for it to just come down to an OG, uh, you know, check in, basically, kind of just stopping it. It's like kind of just unfulfilling. So, um, you know, I mean, it wasn't making making a break in my summer. Uh, there's been incredible music that's come out over the over the past of the, you know past five months, and it will continue to come out. But um, just from kind of closing that chapter and all the the subliminals and all the the sneak dissing, you know, to finally be addressed like directly. That's what we. That's what you want, right? That's what that's what we're looking for. You don't want to say my name. Yeah. So the fact that it that it, it came uh, to a head with that um, and didn't manifest into anything tangible as far as a conclusion you know it, it's not over to me it's not over yeah so, i would definitely tend to agree that it, yeah. it's just kind of anticlimactic like i get what uh mm -hmm. what jay prince is saying you know and more people should have an og and, and respect you know certain og calls and stuff like that but it's very anticlimactic especially being as though like 40 gotta like be like well damn like this is over like <laughs> like you're gonna say nothing like yeah, you got Wendy Williams on the show talking crazy about Drake and his dad and his kid and Drake's mm. dad's spazzing on Instagram. It's just like Pusha, like that's why as the week went on, Pusha's record resonated more and more of me because of the fallout from it. Right, and you just see motherfuckers spiraling out of control, like literally, like 
Drake's fucking hiding on Instagram. He deleted. Uh, I'm upset off of fucking uh, all the streaming services because he shouted out ASAP Rocky, who turned out to be the, the fucking mole. Like, yep. It's just like a bad situation. Like we've never seen him in scramble mode like this. And I was interested to see how he came back. And it's just like it's over. Like because <laughs> he's still so um so strategic when you look at it. Even when he made his press statement, everybody knows his allegiance to Apple. He's got some funny little connection with them that's going on behind the scenes he did it using the notes app on an iphone i just right. like little stuff like <laughs> that like he still is just like oh no I'm, I'm gonna get this off like you got me off my square a little bit but i'm still going to stay true to my my monetizing you know my monetizing ways Absolutely. Yeah, i just thought that was cool though so yeah you, you because because push definitely uh fucked up that adidas deal a little bit uh, <laughs> at least put a uh for that reason alone, what you got to know, that's got to be like something like 10, 12 million a year or whatever like that. And you just fuck my whole rollout up. Like you might got to hire a Russian hitman. Like you might yeah. have to. That, yeah. and see, that's what I'm talking about. But but I, I've been one of the one of the things that I've been getting from a lot of people online. They don't believe Jay Prince. I'm like, maybe you should do your research on Jay Prince, but they don't Yo, believe. It's so, it's, it's so much of that. Not to talk over you, bro. It's so much of that going on in social media today in particular. Like people like, well, he's using this to sell books and this and that. And I'm like, yo, this man been rich since 1983. I don't think yeah, he needs to like this book selling is not going to make or break the legacy of Jay Prince. Like if he makes the New York Times bestsellers list or not. But just in general, what we see, and I know y'all see it too, is so many people that are so happily uninformed about things. And Absolutely. they speak with so much fervor and so much vitriol about things that they have no idea about and no information to back up what they think. There were so many Jay Prince full of shit, blah, blah, blah. By the way, who's Jay Prince? Like three tweets later, <laughs> it's like, who's oh, Jay no. Prince? Yeah. No. I saw somebody say nobody outside of Houston respects Jay Prince. I was baffled. Yeah. That's why that's why I told the young boy today. I was like, yo, I was like, obviously you 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 are you're not too familiar with, with who Jay Prince is. Like because the first thing he said is like, who the fuck is boy to be speaking for Drake? I'm like, yo, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> you you should you should rewind that statement. You I mean, cause and you're you're in Texas too? No, don't do that. that yeah, they they might you might get a knock on your door. I yeah, mean, you might you might get a you might get a where you at message. Turn yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your location on, type. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and Texas is a is a is a giant state, but uh, <laughs> uh, ass whippings travel, as I was once told. Um, man, they they say bad news will beat you home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like dealing with Jay Prince, bad news will beat you home, man. Shout shout to Roy Wood Jr. who shared uh, a, a nice oh, little anecdote about Jay Prince. For those that don't know, <laughs> he, he said he left the state and he was so scared. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah he, he said he said he got commissioned to do a prank, a comedy prank album, and the first person that he called was Jay Prince, and uh, he got on there talking reckless, and Jay Prince just responded, "Where you at?" <laughs> <laughs> he he kept is, going. He said, "No, no." Is, where which is at? the most Jay Prince thing to ever do in life? Like, uh, we need to at, talk about nothing else. Where you at, man? We, at, we, man? we need to talk face to face. Yeah, see, and see, that's what I'm talking. About. Like, people don't understand. Like, because dude, not not in the forefront of the industry these days, he is still an extremely powerful individual in in uh 
hip hop and in just in life in general. You know what I mean? If you go back and listen to Scarface and the Ghetto Boys discography, all of those street stories are Jay's stories. Yeah. That they're all all of those them shootout stories and all that. That's all about Jay. It's, it's like it's like the shit Q was writing for for, for uh, NWA. That was easy, you know, rolling right. in my six four. I mean, because right. like he said, he ain't have a six four, but easy did. So you know what I mean, right. yeah. Um, Chad, we appreciate you rocking with us. We got a couple more things uh, that we want to yeah. talk about before we let you go. Uh, of course, um, the internet, you know, as people say, is undefeated. Um, so so is the man. The amount of cameras that are inside of an NBA arena, I don't think people really understand. It. Sometimes the players forget, right? Yeah, Can't like get away with nothing. Yeah, straight up, right? So the footage that came out today um, uh, in the morning of LeBron James and the, the extended long cut of um, J.R. Smith and him walking to the bench and then what happened, what transpired in the, in the, in the three minutes, uh, three to four minutes between, um, over, between the fourth quarter and overtime, I mean, it was like watching a, a, a sad, silent film, man. Yeah, it was. It was like watching a fucking, <laughs> the hot air balloon go up with nobody in it. They're like, "Oh shit, how did the balloon go up? Like, what happened?" <laughs> I mean, if that wasn't a glimpse into um, the dysfunction that is the Cleveland Cavaliers, I don't know what is. Yeah. Um, we wanted to get your take on um, just overall, just what you think about um, the the the. The trilogy turning into um, a not so much needed sequel in number four. Um, where you think LeBron might go next year, and um, where do you see this series going from here with it being 2 0? Well, unfortunately, um, you know, the team as it's presently constructed is a direct reflection of what LeBron wanted at a time. So, roughly two, three years ago, this was the team that he wanted. He, he vouched for JR getting paid, he vouched for Tristan getting paid. He vouched for all of his guys. Um, you know, he didn't want Isaiah. To, he, he isolated Kyrie, but then at the same time, didn't want Kyrie to leave. He wanted Cleveland to, 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 to put the kibosh on any potential trade offers for Kyrie. And then, you know, he tried to make it seem like Isaiah Thomas was on Kyrie's level. Then that unraveled and they had to trade him for a, a box of backwoods and, <laughs> and, and, and a couple big lighters. And it's just like, you know, he's kind of reaping what he sows. And this is, you know, a, a direct reflection of, you know, what you want may not always be good for you. And at the time, because they were able to pull off their legendary victory, LeBron said, fuck it, you get a contract, you get a contract, you get a contract. And ultimately, it's coming back to bite him in the ass when he's still somehow ascending his play. And all of these guys have become shit all at the same time. Yeah. Even even if you look at the youngsters and Phil, you could talk about this a little bit. The youngsters that were brought in at the trade deadline. You look at George Hill, you know, who at this point now he's a nine-year vet. He's someone that, that's made his way around the league. He was awarded with the one of the, the richest contracts last summer. He he looks he he looks like, I mean, just like a deer in headlights. Rodney Hood was someone that was that was getting about 15 points a game. He can't get off the bench. Larry Nance, you know, energy guy. Okay, that's fine. When you just look at um, Jordan Clarkson, I thought this dude could ball, man. Yeah, we all did. Yo, I mean, <laughs> he's still, he's still he's the biggest little like, cookies ever, Jordan yo. Clarkson was being held back in LA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You look at him now, and I mean, these, these, these are four guys that were brought in, and none of them look like they should be on the floor um, in this series. 
where where do you see it going now that it's taking it um its way back to Cleveland? Well, I mean, they're definitely about to uh get I mean, it's it's over. The series is over. Um, you know, look, when LeBron has a 51.8 rebound, 8 assist game and you lose by 10 in overtime because of two mental mistakes by your teammates, yeah. That means that you have been playing with house money this whole time and essentially because of the fact that you played in a in a whole conference full of pussies outside of boston you got the benefit of the doubt like uh what what a name uh lowry and DeRozan literally were like crying every game well if we had Force. we if we had lebron we'd be winning too like what the fuck type <laughs> of shit is that? that's terrible yeah it's terrible hoes i knows yo i can't detroit when the Detroit Pistons was going against the young Chicago Bulls, like Mike wasn't like, well, shit, if I had Isaiah Thomas, I'd be winning too. Like that was yeah. like, you can't, even if you think that you can't say that, but if yeah. you think that you've already lost. So essentially yeah. this series is over. Um, you know, they may or may not win one game. They might, you know, Golden State has a, has a problem of playing down to their level of competition and getting bored with shit. Not listening to Steve Kerr, Draymond firing up seven threes even though he can't shoot shit like Backpack. that. So, so, so they're they're prone for a mental yeah. lapse and just having a horrible game. And, and let's be honest, they love celebrating Oracle, so they may they may huh. just give them one. Yeah, so they can celebrate at yeah, home. They might give them one just to go See, back home. And, but I, it's, normally, it's, it's so normally I would. I would them, they may not. Normally, right. I would agree with y'all, but I think just based on what happened the last time. No, well, not last season, but the the last Cleveland. time Cleveland won, yeah, yeah, they they like yo, we gotta we we gotta it's foot on next season. I think Steph gonna come out the same way he was in this game. In in three, they might win game four. They not winning three though. Like I, I feel like Golden State just they they feel like this can't happen again, and we can't give dude no kind of sign of life. Yeah, so. Cause he's he's liable to rally them dudes in some kind of weird ass way like before, you know. Draymond won uh, the way he be ramming on the refs. They 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 likely to, to uh, throw his ass out of one of the games. Cause I yeah, can't. Sure. He's been he's been getting real emboldened considering like quote unquote Rodman, if you will. And it's just it's just wild though to think that this this team was totally different at the start of the season. Totally different players. They make the midseason trades. They get, they get, they make the, their run. They, they barely pass Indiana. And then once they got through Indiana, you knew to a smooth sailing. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew there was no way in the world Toronto was going to be. We talked about this on, on, on one of the podcasts where they won. We, we were like, I got whatever on, on Cleveland. I don't care. And then, and then Boston, I was like, okay, I didn't think, I didn't think Boston could beat them. Um, but, I was like, yo, these do- Toronto, I mean, uh, Cleveland's team is not good enough for the talent level that Boston has. Yeah. So, like, LeBron, like, on, like when you pick Cleveland against uh, Boston, Cleveland has the best player in the series by far. With no Kyrie, no Gordon Hayward, they have the best player in the series by far. But the next ten best players are all <laughs> exactly. <on Boston. laughs> and, and, and that was and that was my thing. But and then when they got past them, he's like, oh, well, we should have knew because it's LeBron, but. Golden State was put together for the sole purpose to keep LeBron from winning championships. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. 
So like Kev Kevin Durant going there was because he couldn't beat Golden State. So he was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the next best thing. Yeah, I can't beat Golden State. They might not be able to beat LeBron. We might as well get together and 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 ensure that he don't win shit else. Yeah. So if if you if you were handling um you know where he would go if you were gonna give him some consulting advice, where would you tell him to go if he wanted to win a championship next season? Well, I mean, he sh if he wants to win a championship next season, he should go to Boston, but he can't do that because then you're basically stalking the guy that you isolated and you can you got on his nerves for two years. So you can't really do that. So your next best bet is if you want to further aggravate this guy that was your was your Robin, you go to Philly. So I think that if he goes to Houston, it's a total cop out. It's it's Miami on steroids because Chris Paul is a Hall of Famer. James Harden is presently one of the five or six best players in the game. So it's even worse than like the Miami situation. Is he worse than KD if he goes to Houston? Nah, he's not worse because yeah. KD had a three-one lead if he wanted to go to the exactly, finals. exactly, exactly. Gotcha. Like so, he's he's not worse than KD, but it's like. KD's decision is a product of LeBron's decision, and then LeBron's new decision is a product of what KD just did, and basically pre uh, pr providing a blockade from him winning anything. So right. his next move has to be either a lifestyle decision or a basketball decision. If he goes to LA, he's not winning nothing because you still got to play. You got to play Golden State four times a year, and then in the playoffs when you go. Yeah. You don't want to deal with that shit. And you, you got to deal with Houston. Houston three or four times. You got to deal with San Antonio with Kawhi being with, back. You got to deal with Utah a year better. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you want to end up having to run the damn gauntlet before you even get to the playoffs. <laughs> His only move is to stay in the East. Which yeah, he, he has to stay in the East. You know, you, we can eliminate what twelve teams that we know he's not going to. He's not going to Washington. He's not going to Toronto. He's not going to Detroit. He's not going to Milwaukee. He's mm -hmm. not going back to Miami. It's like you can eliminate all these teams off rip. The only real play is the Sixers or Boston. And he can't go to Boston because he's going to look crazy. So what if, what if he um, opts in uh, back for Cleveland, but he, he says, all right, you got to get me this, get me that. Is that, a, is that a possibility? I mean, he doesn't have any desirable pieces to get rid of. I mean, all they got is they needed that number eight pick to be a top four pick, which Definitely. didn't happen. Um, they need... JR to not play like complete dog shit. They need Rodney Hood to show some signs of life. They need Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson to not be complete and utter garbage. <laughs> and all of these things are going against them all at the same time to where it's like, all right, the season's going to be over. And then three weeks later or two and a half weeks later, it's going to be free agent season following the draft. You don't have any potential pieces to get rid of other than Kevin Love, who's injured every other week. Yeah. Do you think they can get Paul George? They can convince him to come to Cleveland if Hell LeBron stays. No, nobody wants to go to Cleveland. Nah. The same way they couldn't get Amari Stoudemire in his prime to come there a few years ago, uh, is the same reason why Paul George is not coming there. Nobody with sense wants to be in Cleveland. <laughs> There's no reason LeBron to be in Cleveland. LeBron is the only smart person in the world that wants to be in Cleveland, <laughs> and that's because he's from Ohio. That's the that's only he's from there. Yeah, he exactly. A, it's a hometown thing. You see, Kyrie got the fuck out of there. Yeah. Get me. Out. We won, and I want to go home. I want to yeah. get out of here. Get me out of here, please. Pretty please, <laughs> get me out of here. With the best player in the game, we just won a chip a year ago. Yeah, we lost this when we won a chip a year ago. I don't care. Get me the fuck 
out of here. Mm-hmm. Now that leads us to our last topic, Chad. We appreciate you rocking with us. Um, uh, this one here, uh, Phil is the I'm the NBA guy. Phil is the NFL guy. But um, you know, anybody that listens to your show knows that you and Matt uh, represent a certain uh, type of Philadelphian. We should say. <laughs> <laughs> and for people that aren't uh, familiar with you know, uh, southeastern Pennsylvania, as you mentioned before, in the tri-state area, uh, there's a very large contingent of guys that grew up. Um, we've heard Matt talk about his uh, his pop, his his uh, his pop, you know, his grandpa, them being Eagles fans, right? Yeah. And then he's a Cowboys fan like yourself. Yeah, I'm the exact, I'm, going my on? father is a Cowboys fan, so I was raised a Cowboys right. fan. Okay, all right. So I've, that's tried, a, I've tried to come up from under it several times, and my okay. dad curses me out every time. All right, so you're, you're a little different. You're a little different, but you're still in the same boat still. Yes, absolutely. As we look to this season that's coming up, and we just look at everything that's going on with the NFL and how uh, the current president of the United States is using the NFL as a way for him to distract people from a lot of other things that I'm sure he's doing um, three-car mileage style. Um, the Eagles were, were scheduled to uh, arrive at the White House in Washington, D.C., nation's capital, and visit the White House and the president um, like you know, all of the, the, the major sports teams do. And um, earlier today, Phil, what happened? Uh, Orange Bull just basically was like, <laughs> uh, he, he canceled it. Uh, he was like, all right. He didn't even really give a reason. He just, he just, uh, the White House canceled the uh, appointment with no uh, rescheduled date uh, as of yet. Yeah, he's, that's he, weird. That's said, what happened. He said there were a thousand fans that were going to be permitted to come to meet the Eagles and whatnot. They still are allowed to come. There will be a ceremony uh, to honor the troops and honor the the military that he so that he so proudly loves. And the fact that um, the Eagles uh, have have chosen to not uh, show the same type of love and respect for the you know for the country it, it's just just to just see his statement is. The first half of it is written in third person. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, this is actually him talking. Because then he says, I like, and it's like, oh, wow. Okay, this dude is crazy. Like, so right. um, we, we all know uh, you enjoyed the parade, even though you're a, a, a Cowboys fan. Um, you enjoyed the run that the Eagles was, were on. What do you think about the stance? That, hold, hold, that hold, hold on, before we get to that, yo, yo, where the fuck did you get a Lombardi trophy from, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I give y'all the exclusive, right? So we had a watch party at uh, at the club at Vanity, whatever. No dancing, we just did a straight Eagles watch party. We in Philly, we might as well open up and give people somewhere to come watch the game at. So a friend of mine, uh played semi-pro football and their trophy was the Lombardi so he brought the trophy to the the uh to the watch party and when the Eagles won start passing the trophy around so it looked identical to the uh to the Lombardi but it said like southeast uh back blockers or whatever the fuck (laughs) that won the championship but nonetheless I got my pick and everybody was mad and shit where did you get the fucking yo, Lombardi trophy from? Yo, I, was like, I was like, this nigga's magical. I was like, yo, <laughs> I was like, he not even in Minnesota and he got a he got a Lombardi. 
But yo, good but go ahead. <laughs> but no, but Phil and I were saying it too. Phil has been uh I don't want to say a hater. But definitely not the biggest supporter of the Eagles throughout. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm full. I'm full Niner gang, yo. Uh, like I, I'm, I'm SF to death. So <laughs> you know I mean, like, like, my, like, my, shout out to my man MP Yizzo. You know I mean? <laughs> but, 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 um, I said all that to say, what do you, what do you think about the, um, the, the fact that you know Chris Long, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, you know, the, just various Eagles, you know, did their thing as far as, um, you know, just making. At least people feel uncomfortable about however you felt about not supporting, um, you know, the, the the cause that people were trying to bring to attention. And well, then, I think I, yeah. I think it's the absolute right thing to do on their behalf because, you know, <coughs> you have to stand for something. And it's like I get it. Everybody got a, a job. Everybody got a certain livelihood. They want to provide for their family and for their kids and this, that, and the third. But when you see someone being railroaded in the manner in which that Colin Kaepernick is being railroaded, and then you Still see guys that's like that's like uh, that couldn't fucking throw a snapple uh, from the A plus to the parking lot, getting, <laughs> getting jobs. It, it, it's confusing as hell because these teams keep telling us the same thing. Oh, we see him more as a starter. Well, how come when your starter goes down, you don't sign the guy that? you feel should be a, a potential starter right. three people three people that have been his backup at one point all have jobs in the nfl yeah, absolutely just... guys that are just complete dog shit because as we all know the nfl is is and has always been top heavy when it comes to quarterback play you got about seven elite quarterbacks another five that are above average to great and then everybody else you can cut the deck with the motherfuckers you couldn't pick them out of a lineup if you've seen them if, if they pulled a fucking shotgun on you and robbed you. so to sit here and say that an accomplished quarterback is kaepernick who took his team to the fucking super bowl not that long ago all of a sudden just can't play football is is like the most confusing shit ever and the fact of chris long and how hard he goes just for social justice, period. Absolutely. And prison reform and all of that. And it just goes to show that he was raised the right way for by sure. his father, Howie Long, and raised to not see color and to just look at a situation and say, this is some bullshit, I ain't with it, and I'm going to do what I can to fight against this. He's donated his whole salaries before to fucking social justice reform and different organizations and shit like that because that's how much he believes in his message and how fucked up things are and that they need to change. Malcolm Jenkins, on the other hand, he's this a nigga. little underhanded and he basically sold the right to protest out to the NFL and for like some fucking uh, sponsorship money or some old shit. I'm like, who, who, who made him the voice? That's that's what I was always trying he to He made him the voice. He made himself the voice. Man. Malcolm Jenkins, for those of you that don't know, was an was an above average to good player during his days in New Orleans. He wasn't nobody special. He came to the Eagles uh, as a free agent, and he became their vocal leader at a time where they were rebuilding and they had dumbass Chip Kelly coaching the team. And all in fucking Howie Roseman got booted out of the front office and got moved around to a fucking office by a porta potty and like. <laughs> all type of stupid shit that was going on with the Eagles at the time, and he assumed the voice of the team. Yeah. And 
through their rebuild and them getting good, you know, he's basically essentially become their best defensive player. He honed his skills. He got better. But he did some underhanded shit just this past season and basically sold out the NFLPA in exchange for like $4 million or some old fucking deferred sponsorship. It was like some weird shit that he did. And he was the, the like the NFLPA uh, player president or whatever the fuck when he did it. Yep, and from that point on, nobody else kneeled, really protested. It was, it, it just ended right there. It just stopped. Yeah. It, it, it and, and, and the, the deal was supposed to be they donate $100 million to, so the NFL owners donate $100 million to social programs. Somehow it magically turned to $88 million from $100 million. Yeah, processing so, fee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And 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 then they was like, well, the main thing we just gotta get this anthem thing solved. So they 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 passed that, you know, whatever, whatever. Nothing about these social programs. Yeah. Not and not one come, word. And then they come back and double down on the anthem shit and tell you if you're not gonna stand for the anthem, stay your black ass in the locker room. Yeah. So so you still alienating the the people because it's not like you you you're gonna see who's out there and who's not. And it, it, it still um, has the, the same effect without the ability to protest these injustices. And the fact that it was even made about the anthem, you know, um, it, it's just it's just that we already know what that is. But the, the yeah, thing a, that... It's, that a manu- it's a manufactured issue. Yeah, and the thing that makes it crazy to me, I thought money... I thought this was a cash rule society. Dudes with more money than Donald Trump are are bowing down to Donald Trump, and it's like <laughs> it's like okay, like I I thought I thought I thought the uh, the biggest bank take the little bank, so yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't seem to be working that way. They they they're really uh they're really just saying like it's we're we're worried about his influence. But and, then you, but then you have somebody like Robert Kraft that's running around with Meek Mill for the last three months. And that's and just weird, man. He's become the poster child for social justice reform and fucking uh, opioid uh, recovery and this, that, but, and that but, but doesn't he have investments in privatized prisons? I'm sure he does. I'm sure they all do. I, I'm pretty sure. It, I, uh, I, I don't don't quote me, but I'm I'm 90% sure he does. Because that was a thing. That that was a thing. Because when, when they were talking about Meek and... Uh, prison reform they were saying that like uh, a large majority of nfl owners have stock in investments in privatized prisons and prisons for profit and i'm pretty sure robert Kraft was one of them unless he divested in the last uh three months right (laughs) (laughs) or his meat mill promo run (laughs) (laughs) he getting ready for his new rollout he like he like i I, the the private prison shit nah get it going we gotta go So, you know, I heard a, you know, real quick on the on the privatized prison shit. Yeah. I heard a crazy statistic today. We have built more prisons in the last three years than we have built schools in the United States in the last ten years. Oh, I one hundred percent believe it because uh, these these computers got to get made, and uh, you know they they not trying to ship them over from. Uh, they it was too expensive to to pay Asian workers three cent an hour. You know, so they got prison dudes to build the computers for a half cent an yeah. hour. 
Yeah, so because we, we don't want to pay the, the, the freight cost is too much to get them over here. Yeah, so not only did they pay them less, they cut out the shipping. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's just wild, uh, like, everything they got going on, man. Um, I don't, I don't want to end on that bullshit because that's just gonna get me mad. But I, I want to, I'm gonna let, we gonna let you get out. I got, I gotta get to the one last thing though that I had on my docket. What's that? Let's go. The sneakers, though. Uh, <laughs> Kicks USA. Uh, the, yo, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. You, you, you got a homie Phil. I, in, in my circle, I'm Phil. So when they, when you kept, kept saying sneaker Phil on the drink. 30 people, including my own wife, was like, yo, you're on the realest podcast? Like, she she listens, by the way. And she, I'm like, no. I was like, I was like, that's here, not here me. I am. Yeah, I, I'm right here. Like, I, they but no, it was it was crazy because they was like, yo, you should you should be on there. So I mean uh we got the next one is scheduled to be this coming Sunday. So if, if I'm waiting on the word from uh my Kicks USA Connect. So if it is, then I'm a well, you know, we did call-ins last go-round. You're going to be our first call-in. Say less. For the next one. You know what I mean? Say less. Because I'm, 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 I'm so, that is my thing. But I I, I know, I, I see you, you you killed the luxury kick game. That's that's never been my my, my personal thing. Yeah. Yo, how do you do the Balenciaga, though? Like, like the, the triple sole? The Balenciaga is such a unique product because... When I first seen it, I thought it was the ugliest piece of crap I ever seen. And you were correct, and then, sir. And then I seen it again, and I was like, oh, these is all right. And then I seen it again and was like, this is fucking terrible. And then they finally released, and like they were tangible to where I could walk into a store and see them. And I was like, I can do something with this. And now it's literally the shoe that I wear more than anything. Like I've, I've worn that shoe probably a good... 15 times in the last month and a half i have other shoes that i think look better and stylistically are better shoes i haven't even taken out the box but i keep wearing my triple s pretty much like on an every other day basis yeah they they take uh two chains from six five to six nine so that right there already tells you <laughs> <laughs> it's like man <laughs> um nah but definitely yeah the, the the luxury kick game definitely you got that on lock but also what you're doing with kicks usa uh, yeah, don't get it fucked up. Like I still, you know, rock my boots and you know, occasional pair of Yeezys. I'm trying to wean off the Yeezys because I hate his dumb ass. But um, uh, and, and I still, you know, my Jordan ones, ones, threes, and uh, like an occasional six. But I, I, I keep all my ones, and threes in rotation. I got a brand new pair of threes that dropped this year, the Black Cements. I, I was so hyped to get them, got them early and everything. Haven't even taken them out the box. I'm a fucking idiot. Mm. Mm, gotta undies those. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, threes is is probably my second favorite sneaker of all time. The black cement threes Sec is my second favorite sneaker of all time. So yeah, that's that's uh that's key, major key. Um, when 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 y'all when y'all did the when y'all did the sneaker joint, I was I was loving it, man. I yo, you should have seen me and I'm listening and I and I and I want to chime in and I'm like listening like <laughs> like yo. Because a lot of the stories I really related to a lot of the stories um, that that you guys were talking about, and it was just it was just good to see like actual real sneaker talk, not like from a like I'm trying to sell this product perspective, right. but just a genuine group of people just talking about sneakers, and it, it was just it was real dope. Um, so shout out to y'all for putting that together. 
Yeah. Um, Chad, again, uh, one half of the realest podcast ever. Uh, shout out to Matt. Uh, definitely uh, got to make sure. Like, Matt's uh, having surgery on Thursday. Uh, he's got like a, you know, like a little minor heart condition. So he's having um, oh, he's having an inpatient surgery uh, this coming Thursday. So pray for my partner, man. For I think sure. Absolutely. Good. They told him that his recovery time is a day. So I'm, okay. I mean, I'm guessing that he's going to be okay, but. Yeah. You never know. So, you know, make sure y'all pray for Matt. He's somewhere knee deep in a casino right now <laughs> trying to get his last little couple of, you know, rocks off before he got to be on bed rest for okay. uh, the whole weekend. So he may or may not be on the sneaker podcast. Yeah. But, um, you know, nevertheless, I'm going to hold it down for the team. Yeah, so no, we definitely wanted, wanted to give him a shout. And, um, yo, shout to you guys, too, man, for putting people on to, to Sean Cotton and the whole uh, Say Cheese movement. Um, no doubt. Since since he's no been on your show, so many people wanted to kill Sean. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, people hate him. Yo, from all over the country. Listen, yo, I seen that Kevin Gates joined before before yeah. I even before he was even on you. I seen that. I was like, yo, dude, need to he, he should be more careful. <laughs> like, I, I, I was I was worried about him because that because Kevin Gates doesn't seem like he has all the he's, screws. He's a he's another he's not a Jay Prince but he's another no nonsense. So no, not yeah. yeah, I don't want to laugh. I don't, he, I don't like he don't get tired either. So yeah, I mean <laughs> Yeah, def, definitely though just in that in that whole realm of, of blogging and kind of reporting on the culture definitely want to give a, a, a RIP definitely to uh, Zach TV. He was somebody in Chicago that was very influential. Yeah, I, I love Zach's channel. Zach, Zach yeah. didn't scare me, though, because he would be in some environments where I yes. would yes. go. If the feds kick in the door right now, yeah. y'all all are done. Yeah. So, like, niggas is on Zach with the bricks, the, the triple beam, the quinine, and the money. <laughs> oh, and man. the guns. Like, so, hey, that's what I'm saying. There, there's two sides to this. Um, I, I think what, what makes you guys the realest is the fact that you're not going to be involved with any BS like that. You're, oh, you're, coming, not. you're coming from your perspective, and we're trying to do the same thing as far as coming from ours and staying true to us. Yeah, yeah. I have every intention on interviewing AR Ab in the next month. I am not going to the trap house to do it, though. It's right. not happening. Yo, it, it, it's so funny. That house, that that's the block I grew up on. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, across the street from my grandma's old house. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> on that note chad man we appreciate you man and uh we definitely got to do this again soon absolutely man whenever y'all need me i'm back here make sure y'all uh subscribe to the realest podcast ever we on all the podcast platforms stitcher podcast um google uh google, google play google play um fucking itunes uh podcast store people ask me all the time how do you get to the podcast? I'm like, hey, you have a little purple app on your iPhone that says podcast on it. It so comes preloaded on your phone. Yeah. And people so are like, holy shit, I never knew what this was for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I be doing it for them. Yo. I be like, yo, let me see your phone. <laughs> uh, follow us on Instagram at the realest podcast ever. On Twitter at TRPE2017. You can follow Two of the me. best follows. Uh, two of the best follows in on Twitter. Uh I, my bad, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go and ahead. You can follow my personal page. I'm, I reactivated my page. I was off Twitter for like three weeks, and now I'm back. Um, I had to do like a social media cleanse. People was pissing me off, and I was going to go to people's houses and fight them. But I'm back <laughs> on Twitter, um, at underscore C Diddy, and my Instagram is plus.ceo. That's plus CEO. And um, it's not plus CEO. It stands for people like us 
Media CEO, which is my company that uh, I created with my cousin Mike. God bless the day who passed away about uh, nine years ago. Man. All right, man. Uh, again, man. Salute to you. Salute to Matt. Matt, uh, get well soon before you even go in uh, yeah, for your procedure. And, and get on that stand up stage, Matt. Yo, yo, yeah. Matt. Matt you have to convince Matt to do stand up, yo. Yo, he he just don't want to do it, man. I told him I said, yo, if you do five, it's like if you do ten minutes, I'll do five. He's like. You can't do five minutes of comedy. You're going to end up fighting people. <laughs> your, your jokes are too hurtful. <laughs> Yo, man. No doubt. no doubt, man. All right, man. And, salute. Uh, part and shot. TRPE live show in Philly coming soon. It's either going to be at Punchline Philly or at the Foundry. And um, it's going to be uh, either late August or first week of September. One or the other. But... I ain't fucking with Made in America week, so it might be uh, either the week before or the week after that shit. Man, let us know, man. Phil, we might have to uh, partake, man. No Road doubt. Trip. Yeah, yeah, no absolutely. doubt. All right, chat. Gentlemen, I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Y'all, man. Have All a man. good night. Have a good one. Thank right, you. Filmatic. Yes, sir. Uh, that that was one uh, for the books. We definitely uh, have been wanting to talk to Chad and Matt for a minute. Uh, again, uh, we're you know uh, sending definitely uh, some some well wishes out there for Matt. Yeah, man, uh, he could be in the street covers. for a minute. Yeah. Um, it, it, as far as uh, what we talked about today, um, we got his perspective on things, and we we interjected as well. Uh, we we got an interesting uh, next couple of weeks coming up. We definitely want to give a shout out to Planet Asia. We just premiered his episode that we did. Absolutely. Um, He's on a tour right now. Yeah. With Apollo Brown, um, who uh, may be uh, visiting uh, the Heat Holders very soon. More, yeah. more on that. Uh, stay tuned. But definitely check out uh, Mansa Musa, uh, his, his new project that's out there, uh, as, as well as Golden Buddha. And if you haven't checked out Anchovies, what are you doing? Yeah, hey, <laughs> anchovies is one of the best projects I've heard in the last five years. Yeah. Like unequivocally, take like it from us. Top to bottom, uh, production, rhymes, everything. So yeah, check it what out. What you doing? Um, we we did uh, I definitely did uh, old to to 1988 as well. So uh, we out here, man. And um, tissueandtape.com coming soon. Really? Uh, <laughs> really? For real, for real. com. Make sure you go there and check out the watches, all the flying time pieces, uh, Father's Day, graduation coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, War Room Sports Podcast Network. Uh, the, the, the Burtons are out there in Europe. Uh, oh, yeah, man. Posting uh, pics of food and all types of stuff. So be in Paris. <laughs> be, be, be on the lookout uh, for the for the coming episodes of John Appetit and of course the War Room as well from the War Room Sports Podcast Network. Filmatic, uh, salute to you as always. Uh, you, sir, right take us out. You. Take us out with the fader. Okay, gang. Uh, real quick, man. Uh, before before I do that, I just definitely want to uh, send my prayers out to uh, the whole Niner family. Uh, rest in peace to uh, the. Uh, the starter of the of the dynasty, at least a, a large part of it, uh, Dwight Clark passed away earlier today as we record this. So um, definitely prayers out to all his family, his friends and his fans. Uh, he's uh, most famous for the catch, which uh, 1981 NFC Championship game that uh, launched the 
the dynasty of the San Francisco 49ers, you know. So, you know, we 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 end on that. And as I always say, Vod, work for the money, live for the love, and die for what you believe in. This is tissue and the tape. It's the home of the MC. So respect he holders. They do hip hop better than you. Oh, this is Tissy in the tape. Like that, Daddy. Like that, baby. Two for ten. Yo, the big world keep turning like Ikes and Animes The church kitchen hustling dinners every Saturday Pull over, let me grab a plate I tend to gravitate towards our fish dinners from a styrofoam platter taste My granddaddy sported plaid Donnie Hathaway's Hustling for everything we had till he passed away When I would ask him about what path to take He used to laugh and say, no man is an island, but I'm a castaway Casualties, I seen them like the French Foreign Legion On the streets, they used to carry out bizarre procedures And jean jackets and Jabbar Adidas Back when local R&B was just a soul full of orthopedics Me and my man twisting up some reefer and wishing we knew all the town Hitman and the likes of Sam Christian on the edge of existence Man, listen, understand, respect and fear was the all-American ambition For badass kids in the laundry man folding a load When lo and behold, a whole nother fork in the road My wish for them is that the truth is eventually told Out on the corner where whatever you can sell is sold I heard murder ran this vast deserted land Since back when Burning Man was black in Birmingham before the presidential election diversion scam matter of fact before they clap Franz Ferdinand you gossip on Jay and Beyonce or Kim and Kanye but keep rising to the top what my mind say picture my daughter drinking water with a sign say for color girls I ain't talking into Zaki Shange who said a cynical I was a king in general rich and every resource precious metal and mineral before the devil entered the land of the plentiful with that Jamaican funk gotta get it in the hoop for generations under God, indivisible, psych war patience, vampires in an interview, become institutionalized, what a nigga do, but what we had to do to survive, none of them could do, who the technical culprit, I don't mess with no vultures, I'm electrical voltage, not the regular dosage, too obsessive compulsive, I'm a fucking explosive, mixed message in a bottle I left with the postman, I'm not arachnophobia, black petroleum, ceremoniously holy when at the podium, even though it's hotter than weapons, paid plutonium, the people try and check for the return of the Ichiban, Obi-Wan, universe, you owe me one solid. My homie Gonzalez, only no gun violence on the corner where they probably on a 21. Savage, catch two in your cabbage. Young Caesar Chavez, the vision one. Yo, women, where we get our rhythm from? Continuum, still swinging like a pendulum. Hear the women come singing like Sarah Vaughn. Heard ninth up in a house from North Carolina. Ain't no mannequin challenge, but you're paralyzed. It's getting cold outside, a word from the wise. Y'all niggas better bundle up But I better be a hotter summer Not for nothing, yo, the cops get down Especially when it come to us Nigga better be a Rockefeller Get that out your pocket, fella Same acapella, ain't a damn thing really changed As far as I could tell it Another soul with no name, the helicopter's hunted Look like a couple of days before the doctor coming But that's my little cousin watching for me I think the world trying soccer to me 
It kinda feel like everything is out of pocket for me Who keep it a hundred when everything's partial? Dignity and sanity is what the game costs you Wake up to the paddles on your chest, we had lost you I'm just painting a picture like Harry James Marshall I'm just taking a picture like Harry May We ain't so smile and say cheese, we in 2018 In a pyramid, scheme nightmares and daydreams From the runaway slave to a modern day king Yes